Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 957. They, they saw that I was willing to learn. I kept asking questions about how does this work? How does that work? Can I help with this? Can I do that? And after a while, they allowed me to start selling ads. I started with classified ads and that turned into something else. So it became my profession as, as I graduated from, from college. And at one point, we even I, I became a partner in the company. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ilko Nishev. Ilko, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I've got my six-point harness buckled up and ready to go. All right. Well, hopefully you won't need that. I'll try to keep all four tires on the pavement today. Ilko Nishev is the advertising director for Porsche Club of America's monthly magazine, Panorama. Panorama serves over 80,000 members of the PCA including me, in an award-winning format and has been published since 1955. Ilko was born in Sofia, Bulgaria and came to the United States when he was just 18 years old. He settled in New York City and became infatuated with the car culture in the USA. He joined the Porsche Club of America and purchased his first Porsche over 15 years ago. That was a 944 Turbo. Very cool. And today he drives a 993 and a 997 those iconic 911 models. He's heavily involved with the club and has helped to more than double the PCA's advertising revenue as part of their team. He joins a group of past Cars yeah guests from the PCA, including Rob Sass, who's the Panorama's editor, and Vu Gwen, who's executive director of the PCA. And of course, my listeners know I am a huge Porsche fan. I've been a member of the PCA for, I don't know, 30 years. It's been a long time. So I love what you guys are doing. So Ilko, if I've told our listeners just a little bit about you, would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your career and your very obvious passion for automobiles and Porsches? Thank you, Mark. It's a genuine pleasure to be on your show. And you've interviewed so many talented people. And uh, I'm just happy to be one of uh, your guests. Absolutely. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, as you said, uh, I was born in Bulgaria uh, in, uh, during the communist times, and it was, it was a strange time for me, especially uh, coming uh, and, and living in America now for 20 years. Uh, information was not as uh, free-flowing back then, and uh, especially information from the West. It was a challenging place to live, uh, and... Growing up there in that environment, uh, I feel it sharpened my senses, uh, made me look deeper into the things that I was interested in, still am. A few interesting tidbits about uh, communist cars and communist countries uh, on an automotive-related level. Um, Soviet cars were available uh, in, in my country, with a few exceptions, mostly 50s or 60s French and German cars. But even if you could afford one of the... Uh, Soviet cars, a Lada or a Moskvich, the wait time was about seven to ten years. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> yeah, so having a car was a luxury. It was similar if you wanted to buy a fridge or even a color TV. So it, it was it was an interesting time. The the first 
modern, so to speak, Western car that I remember seeing was a, I think it was a Mark II Golf uh, around, uh, I would say, 1991 or 92. And uh, it was a truly special car. Uh, it had, I think, it was an aftermarket alarm. And uh, it was the best thing to an 11-year-old playing outside. <laughs> Having never experienced something like that, we probably set that alarm off so many times that we drained the battery of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that we were very interested in as kids was to see uh, what the speedometer of the car showed. Mm. We, we thought that that's how fast the car could go. And the Golf, I think, uh, had a, a maximum speed of 160 or 180 kilometers an hour, which completely blew our minds. Those uh, Russian cars could only go to 120. <laughs> <laughs> or so it showed on the speedometer. Yes. Probably a lot less. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as the Iron Curtain fell and more information started flowing into uh, the country, I became involved with music uh, in my teens, first with heavy metal, then uh, the New York hardcore scene. And I decided I wanted to go to America and I wanted to live in New York City. I started learning English when I was I think nine years old. Mm -hmm. That was before the Cold War ended, actually. But after high school, I was able to get a student visa in uh, 97 uh, when I was 18. And then I came to the States, actually just celebrated my 20th anniversary of arriving here. Well, that's awesome. Happy birthday, Mr. American. <laughs> that's very <Thank> cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Well, you know, I love this kind of thing because a lot of us who've grown up in the, in the United States take f so much for granted of what we have here, not only our freedoms, of course, but all the things we can see and experience and enjoy. And you painted a pretty uh, a pretty scary picture there from when you were young, but I love the fact that you found your way here, found your way into working in your passion, and of course, being part of the PCA, as I said before, I've been a member forever, so uh, so happy to have you here, and happy 20th birthday of being here in the United States of America. That's absolutely fantastic. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Ilko, take the wheel. You know, one thing my grandfather said to me, and it stuck with me, it was, I can't means I don't want to. Mm. When I was tell, I would tell him that I couldn't do something, he would say, I can't means I don't want to. And I don't know how well it translated, that translates in English, but it stuck with me. And it was a, an advice that I never forgot. Uh, you know, such wisdom that your grandfather shared there. And it, it reminds me of a saying that my parents used to say to me excuses are just lies that we tell ourselves, And it's the same kind Very of true. thing. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you're right. So I love that. I think that's a great thing. And I'm sure you've carried that along with many of your achievements throughout the years, hearing your grandfather's voice in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah don't say can't. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a terrible word. It should be banished from all languages. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You told us that wonderful story of you were a little boy with the golf and looking in the window and setting off the alarm. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? It happened gradually. And I'll go back to my young age and probably a lot of other car enthusiasts started the same way. My grand grandmother bought me a Matchbox 911 Turbo. I must have been in the early 80s mm -hmm. at the time. And it was... It was a, a 
car from Matchbox, which was a Western company. I don't know how she found it, but uh, she did. And, and I loved that car. It was my favorite car for a really long time. So that's, uh, that, that was my, my toy that I played with so much. And I've always been interested in speed. I, I loved riding my bike. That's sort of what, what started with me. And the passion was a bit uh, gradual, as I said. I initially, when I came to the States, I had an 80s Mustang, uh, which overheated all the time. And it was a four-cylinder Mustang that couldn't even hit 80 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. I had a Honda Civic that got broken into a number of times in Manhattan. And uh, I learned to fix those cars. And while fixing them, I started getting more and more interested in, in them. I couldn't always afford to pay someone to fix them for me. So I just would try to find the information that I needed to, to get them running again. Right. After I had made enough money to buy a real car, I was looking a lot at what car would, would be sporty and yet practical. And I decided that the Mark IV Golf R32 was uh, the car for me. It was, it was a new car at the time. It must have been around 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. So with, with that car, once, once I got that, I, I really enjoyed the car. I loved it. But another thing I discovered through it was the online forums of people who were working on their cars and, and what they're doing with them. I also made friends through those forums. Some of them I still spend time with even 15 years now. Since, uh, since I've had the car. Uh, it, and also the car introduced me to the aftermarket world, all the parts that are available for them. Sure. So I was learning so much about vehicle dynamics, what the cars did when, when you did a certain thing to it, and, and was just having a ton of fun modifying the car. I mean, there were so many parts that were available, but I didn't go too crazy, but I just loved it. Yeah. And then... When, when, when it was time to sell it, it, it was the, the other thing that, that was made an impression on me was how the car actually appreciated in value because they only built uh, a small number of them and they all of a sudden had a cult following. I put 20,000 miles on the car and I sold it for more than I bought it for. Nice. It allowed me, yeah, it was, it was spectacular. And it allowed me to, to get a, a, a station wagon for our family and also have a little budget for a toy car. And initially I was looking at maybe getting an earlier Volkswagen Golf GTI or something like that, but uh, a 944 Turbo showed up. And, and that was something that uh, I didn't think I could ever get into a Porsche, which I've only heard great things about, but never really even dreamed of owning at that point. Sure. But I stretched my budget and, and I did it. And, and uh, that's the car that opened my eyes to the Porsche world. Uh, I joined PCA, the Porsche Club of America. I started going to autocross and driver's ed, the track. And the thing that was really stood out was that I made some really nice people at those PCA events. There were, um, I was in my 20s. There were older, successful people who had a lot of experience driving the cars and the thing is that they were happy to share their knowledge with me. Right. Uh, and I, I, they helped me learn. They became friends. And I have to say, you know, reading or posting on forums is a lot of fun. You can learn a lot. But spending time with the people 
nothing beats that. Nothing beats personal interaction. Oh yeah. And, uh, I just, I, I hope that that isn't lost on the younger generation of car enthusiasts and people in general. Absolutely. So that was sort of what, what started it. And uh, I can talk more about the, the rest of my car evolution, if you like. Well, we're going to get to some of that. But first, what I'd love to do is have you talk a bit about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way in your career. Uh, you know, for a, a person who's come to the United States, learned the language, uh, assimilate somewhat into the culture here and find your passions, uh, find a career path that provided you and your family with the means to, to live a nice life. No doubt something along the way might have been a big challenge for you, or maybe even a big failure. And I love it when people talk about these things because it's a learning lesson. So take us to one of those experiences, kind of walk us through it, and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in your life and your career or your business. Sure. When I arrived in New York, I, I didn't have much. and I, I needed to get a job. It was very difficult to find a job at the time. And it was just failure was never an option. I did not want to go back. I wanted to live in the United States. So picking up the Village Voice newspaper at the time and looking at all the classifieds, that was before Craigslist, before all that stuff, mm-hmm. and calling as many companies as I can, as, as many numbers. And finally, uh, one, one person accepted my phone call. I went on an interview and they gave me a chance. And it was a small ad agency uh, in Midtown, Niche Media. And I was uh, going to be the messenger in the office assistant. Mm -hmm. I was taking magazines back and forth around Manhattan all day long. And in the evenings, I would go to school. So the, the, the perseverance for me was, now that I had that job, I had to find a way to stick with it and go forward with it. And thankfully, the two people who were the principals of the company, Mitch and Steve, they gave me a chance. They, they saw that I was willing to learn. I kept asking questions about how does this work? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Can I help with this? Can I do that? And after a while, they allowed me to start selling ads. I started with classified ads, and that turned into something else. So it became my profession as, as I graduated from, from college. And at one point... We even, I, I became a partner in the company and Steve and I are still in the company now. We, we still work together. We have our own niche media uh-huh. advertising agency. And uh, that's how I got connected with the Porsche Club. Ah, very cool. You know, I love this story. It, it's a classic story of someone coming to a, a new country, working their tail off, persevering, tenacity, asking questions, going to school, getting an education, finding a way to make things work. And it it just tells other people that it goes back to that story of I can't shouldn't exist in your vocabulary because it's just an excuse. You can do it. You just got to work really, really hard. And uh, kudos to you for for doing that. I mean, it's a it's American success story, as they say. So I think it's fantastic. You're welcome, of course. And I'd love to shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum and Talk about a career aha moment. It's one of those times when the lights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you, a new direction. Tell us about yours. The aha moment was when my friend Pete Stout was just named as the editor of Panorama Magazine, and that was in the fall of 2012. And I, I had known Pete for some time. We, we talked about the 
magazine business, the advertising business, cars, of course, mostly. But I reached out to him and I said, if there is a way for me to help PCA on the advertising side, I'd love to talk to you guys. So he arranged a meeting uh, with the executive council of PCA. And uh, they offered me uh, the, the position to become the advertising director of Panorama. Nice. And even though I had never sold anything automotive related, I had years of experience actually buying all these products from a lot of the companies that were already advertising in Panorama. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of companies that had not been in Panorama, but slowly over the past several years, I was able to convert them into advertisers. And the Panorama became a huge success with national and international uh, recognition. It's won a, a number of awards. And I don't know, it, it may sound a little pompous, but I, I am the biggest fan of the magazine. Even though <laughs> I, have a, I have an insider perspective of a lot of the day-to-day workings in the magazine, I always wait for the finished product and, and I devour it. And actually today, the new issue arrived at my office. And what I do is... When I get an issue, I stand and I read it standing because I don't want to be too comfortable. (laughs) I want to focus on it and really pay attention to everything. I don't want to sit in my chair and and get distracted or or in front of a screen while reading. I just want to focus on reading it. Nice. That's very uh, cool. It's just like a a full circle for me. It's it's very fulfilling to to be able to hold the fruits of your labor in your hands. And, and you feel proud of what your team has accomplished. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. It's been 61 issues since I've, I've been fortunate enough to, wow. to do this. Wow, that's a lot. And, and I, have them, I have them all on my desk. It's a tall pile of magazines. Yeah. Well, it's a lots of pages. Yeah, no doubt. And of course, you mentioned Pete Stout. He's been a guest here on the show. Of course, he's gone on to start a new Porsche magazine, Triple Zero, which we've talked about yeah. here on the show. And Rob Sass has kind of stepped into his role. Rob's been a guest on the show. I've known him for a long time, just like Pete. And uh, yeah, so it's it's an awesome story. It's a nice segue into my next question for you, and that is a proudest career or business moment. Is there one that you could share? I'm in sales, so my proudest moment is every time I close a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that I guess stands out would be when I when I started in, in Panorama, and that was five years ago, we knew that the magazine needed a, a ground-up redesign. Mm-hmm. It hadn't been changed in a very long time. And one thing that uh, maybe a few people outside of PCA, and it might be interesting to uh, many of your listeners, so the magazine was a digest size. It was, it was a smaller size magazine. And the reason for that was because it could fit inside the glove box. of a <laughs> I ever, That's right, Porsche, yeah. A Porsche 356. And why people fit it in, uh, put it in their cars, because back in the day, Panorama was like the yellow pages for Porsche owners. Mm-hmm. Many of them would keep a copy in the car right next to the owner's manual because it was just filled with important information on PCA volunteers in different parts of the country who could help uh, a Porsche owner uh, during a road trip if they needed it or anything else that they may need. And back then, those things happened more often. Cars would break down. Not not as much as these days. Porsches, really, you never see a Porsche stranded on the road. But back then, um, it was it was more likely to happen. And Panorama was the source for information. Now, 
all that information though was, is now on the web and on your <laughs> smartphone. Right. So it's it's all online. So it's not necessary to have the magazine in that digest format. So what we had to do is convince uh, our members that it was the right thing to do, and uh, convincing them was by showing them how beautiful and how amazing a magazine can look if given the opportunity to change it. Right. So Pete Stout and uh, Richard Barron, who is the creative director, and this is his work is what you see in in the magazine uh, in every issue. He's an absolute creative genius, as, along with Alan Lane, who is. If he works behind the scenes, he's the, the production director, but he is also a, a truly amazing individual, and he was the, um, with the magazine longer than any of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in charge of that project, and my job was relatively straightforward and not, not as exciting. I, I had to convert over 110 advertisers to change their, the, the size of their artwork, right. which it might sound like it, it's, a, it's a small task, but it was really a, a hard thing to do. But uh, we did it, and the result was absolutely magnificent. Yes. I'm just so proud of to be part of this team. Yeah. We, we did not lose a single advertiser due to the format change. No. Even though a lot, several complaints. And more importantly, the change gave me the chance to almost double the ad revenue in these five years. There you and, go. And that's a time when <laughs> print media in general is in downward spiral. Yeah. And, well, meanwhile, PCA is growing, and so is Panorama. The most important thing is that our members loved it. Yeah. Well, I, as I said, I've been a PCA member for a long, long time. And when that change was made, I was ecstatic. I come from a design background. And what everybody did, in my eyes, was such a leap forward. Uh, the old format was just getting very long in tooth. I, I never liked it being small anyway. And uh, as you age, your eyes get a little rougher to read. So when things are tinier, they're hard to see. But uh, it's just such a fantastic publication now, and I've had so many people, uh, including some of the names you mentioned there, as guests here on Cars, yeah, and a lot of contributors, uh, writers, photographers, all sorts of different people, and advertisers as well. So kudos to you and the team for what you guys did. I really, really continue, well, thank you. continue to enjoy it, and I'm a little jealous. You got the new issue, and I don't have it, so uh, it better show up soon here. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start having you send me yours, so I'm sure it'll be in my mailbox very soon. Well, let's talk about your first really special car. You talked about that 944, but is there a car that was a first really special one for you that really stands out? I was fortunate to um, purchase a, a 997-2 GT3 RS. Oh. And and that is a, a, a truly special car. Yes. Uh, but that is, that is a car that I've owned for uh, a few years now, and I've owned it from before um, the market spiked uh, and uh, – there's nothing like it. There really isn't anything like it. And, and um, but, it, and, and I've done so many fun things in that car. Yes. So many fun trips, which is the, the, the best part about it. But I do have to say that the 944 Turbo was the car that really opened my eyes uh, because it was, it was just different from, from anything else I've owned. And when I, when I bought that car, uh, it, it was, the, the person who owned it before me, he had done some, some work on it. He had put some aftermarket parts on it, but then he took them all off and brought it back to stock. And he put, he gave me all the parts along with the car. Nice. And for, for several months, I just drove the car stock the way it was 
delivered from the factory. And then slowly I started adding those parts back on the car. They had different anti-sway bars, uh, some engine management software, uh, chips, uh, other things. But what I found when I started turning the wrench on that car, you take the wheels off and you look at those massive brakes and you look at the suspension, you look at the uh, engine bay, you look at the interior. It was just the build quality of that car was just spectacular. Right. And I don't think 944s in general, that the, uh, uh, those cars get a lot of credit for what they are, but they've started many uh, automotive enthusiasts. They, 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 it's, it's a first car, it's a first Porsche. Right. It's just amazing. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, but, oh, you've had some nice cars, my friend. How about a seller's remorse story? Is there one you've let go that you really wish you had back? The R32 I had, I had a lot of fun with, and it was also the, I love the color blue for cars. Oh, yeah. And I've never owned another blue car since then. Uh, that's just by, by happenstance, but um, I would love to, to maybe have that in the past. And I'm, I'm not someone to, to go back in time a lot. And I try to look forward, not back, but uh, that, that was a fun car. Yeah. That was fun oh, yeah. Car. Those are great. I've had the pleasure of driving some of those when they first came out. They're just little rocket ships. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up today in this new year here as we're into 2018 with uh, the PCA Club and Panorama and all the fun things you're doing. What has you excited right now? Um, so we are working on a lot of interesting things uh, in the new year on the digital side. And uh, we're, we're working on being more active on Instagram, Facebook, uh, other uh, social media platforms. We're working on a lot of very good events. This year, is, I don't know if your uh, listeners may even know, but it's the 70th anniversary of the first Porsche. And since 1948, since the first uh, 356 came out, yeah. um, this is a big anniversary. We have uh, many events planned, and it's going to be a huge celebration for, for Porsche, for the Porsche Club of America, and from for us as, as owners and fans of the brand. Yeah. It's an exciting year, I think. And, of course, we've got Ren Sport coming up later this year, which is a huge yeah. Porsche event that I'll be at. I'm assuming you're going to be there as well. Uh, it's, Definitely. It's an Look forward to meeting you. Absolutely. There's going to be so many people I'm going to get to meet at Ren Sport. It'll happen in September. Laguna Seca, if you're a Porsche fanatic, you'd better get your tickets now and plan on going because it is the holy grail of Porsche events and the last one at Laguna Seca was over the top, incredible, insane. Every Porsche you can imagine was there. Wonderful people. This year is going to be even better, no doubt. Here's a very introspective question for you, Ilko. If you were a car, what kind of car would Ilko be and why? I've loved, always loved the Porsche 993. It, it's, to me, it's, it's the pinnacle of the air-cooled cars, and I would Probably be a uh, 993 Carrera 2, and hoping that one day I'll become a Carrera RS. <laughs> <laughs> I like it very much. I had a 993 4S that was a great car, daily driver up here in the Northwest. Really enjoyed it. Uh, those are very special cars indeed. Nicely done. I knew you'd be a Porsche, of course. I was just wondering which model <laughs> you'd be. So, Ilko, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. 
Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Oko, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick Blips of the throttle answers. Kind of a lightning round here on Cars, yeah. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It would be to always buy the best car in your budget. And don't settle for a mediocre car. Mm. It's important to be happy. Yeah. If you can't afford the car that you really want, just save up some more. Wait a little bit. Yes. (laughs) And then buy the one that, that really speaks to you. Yep, very important. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Um, sure. It, I like to research. I like to learn about a subject before I, I go and explore and crunching numbers, analyzing information. I feel that knowing all the variables gives me an edge and knowledge is power. Absolutely. Now about a resource, there are lots of great resources, including the Porsche Club of America out there, but is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you enjoy? PCA.org. <laughs> I knew you were going to say the that. Go-to place. Well, I, I, I have to because it's, it's become really the go-to place yeah. for Porsche information. And if you own a Porsche, you already know it. There are some really exciting things that we have planned for 2018. And if you're not a Porsche owner, but uh, might be interested in buying one down the road, uh, you can look at PCA Test Drive, yep. which uh, is created just with people like that in mind. Yeah, yeah. It's a great resource. I joined the club long before I could afford a car, and it's a great place to go, a great place to meet people. And if you'd love to have a Porsche someday, uh, that's a great place to start. 
Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would that person be? I'm still reading it. Uh, a, a book by Adrian Newey, the uh, Formula One uh, designer. Yes. And I would love to spend some time with him. Yeah. He, he sounds like a really special person. He he came from, from nothing, he was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and became the, the best uh, engineer in Formula One. Yep. Uh, he's, he's worked with some of the best drivers. He's gone through some really hard times, and he's bounced back. It, it's just someone that could really inspire me, and that, that, that would be him. I would love to have Adrian on this show as well. What's well, a nice segue to my next question, and that is a book you'd like to share. What's the title of that book? Over the past couple of months, I've become really interested in electric cars and in energy uh, disruption. So I picked up a book by Tony Seba. Hmm. It's called Clean Disruption in Energy and Transportation. Um, I've watched some of uh, Mr. Seba's uh, lectures, and he's a Stanford professor. Uh, he, he shows how electric cars and renewable energy will just literally obliterate the in, uh, internal combustion engine and fossil fuels, and purely for economic reasons, too. Mm-hmm. Just supply and demand, nothing to do with government policy. And it's it's happening, and, and it's much it's happening much sooner than a lot of people realize. So it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, and those of us working in the automotive industry we just need to prepare for it. Yep. Things will change really fast. And they I'm, are. I'm personally, I'm not afraid of it. I'm excited. There are so many opportunities ahead. Absolutely. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Ilko has shared with us today on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Ilko, I-L-K-O, and his last name, N-E-C-H-E-V. That page will pop up, and you can find links to all these very cool things he shared with us today. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm really curious how you're going to answer this one. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Money's no object, so don't worry about that. Any Porsche anywhere, even if it's in the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart, I'll go get that car for you. So what's it going to be? Actually, I will ask you to go across town. Okay. To the the Mercedes Museum. Oh. It's my favorite car of all time is the 300 SL Goldwing. Okay. (laughs) It's just a rolling arc, uh, as people call it. the most beautiful car ever made to me. It's like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Every time I see one, and, and it's not that often, unfortunately, but I learn new things about it and have so much admiration for the designers who built it. It's just such a timeless beauty. You style. totally threw me off my feet here. I thought for sure <laughs> there'd be some old Porsche like a 73 RS Carrera or an RSR or 904. I don't know. Pick one. I mean, there's so many well, great ones. But, you know, you picked a pretty special ones. car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very. What color would you like that going to be? I'm not picky. You know, <laughs> actually, I, I'm. I'm not. Um, I don't like dark colors in general. But last fall, I saw one in dark blue, mm. and it was just amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Ah, uh, wonderful car. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. So I'll get to work on that for you. See what I can find. Thank you. And since you're not picky about colors, that makes it a lot easier. So I appreciate you now putting those. Those hindrances on me. Well, Elko, you have taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and life journey with all of us here at Cars Yeah! today. It's been very inspiring. 
Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off out of Manhattan into the countryside in that 300 SL going? Listen, Mark, I mean, it, it's, it was an absolute pleasure to be with you. Oh, thank and you. Your program is so inspirational. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm honored to have been invited. Cool. I, I don't know. I have particular words of wisdom I can share. Just only can say what's worked for me so far. And studying the subject thoroughly, just preparing for all possible scenarios and having a positive attitude. Yep. The most important. Thing. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and what the PCA is doing these days? You can look at PCA.org. Um, I'm, I'm there in the advertising section. Uh, you can call the main number at our headquarters in Columbia, Maryland, or just email me at Ilko at There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Ilko has shared with us today on his show notes page at CarsYeah.com. If you love Porsches or anything about Porsches, I would encourage you to check out the PCA, Porsche Club of America. I've been a member for a long, long time. It's a great group, great group of peoples, and the Panorama is an absolutely joy to get. One of my favorite magazines that arrives every month. Ilko, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank you. Absolute pleasure. You're welcome. Pleasure's all mine. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.